0: Every rose has its thorn Just like every night has its dawn Just like every
1: cowboy sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its thorn Welcome to episode 74 of Wolves Cast, the show that is still cussing out Jay Crowder. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. Dread it, run from it. Destiny
0: still arrives. I'm Scott.
1: Destiny is coming, you guys. It's happened. What's that line from? What's that? Where have I heard that before? Uh, you probably haven't seen uh, you the Wolfcast Digest. You mean the
0: Cast Digest? That's oh, right. That's oh, the yeah subtitle. Destiny still arrives. Is the <laughs> subtitle of tonight, uh, this week's Wolfcast Digest? I didn't know about the Derrick mm. Rose signing when I posted it last night.
1: It was uh, here we are. It was it was foretelling. Yeah, you looked ahead and you, and you thought something might be on the horizon, and uh, sure, sure enough, it was. Go! Uh, Dark
0: week. Dark week, indeed. This feels like a podcast from 2017. I know. We had some dark podcasts around the turn of last
1: year. Yeah, except for the difference was there was like no expectations, that we weren't supposed to be good. I was mostly just
0: depressed about Trump becoming president, to be honest.
1: Yeah, we had normal stuff to worry about, but... yeah, now we got some we got some proper dark days here, you guys, uh, and we'll get into all of it on this episode of Wolvescast, Cast. So uh, if that's not a reason to stick around for the rest of the show, I don't know what is. My hands
0: are so healthy right now; I <laughs> haven't been raining them enough like
1: I normally do. <laughs> and now this week, I'm back to the white oh, knuckling. Oh know? yeah, we got a lot to talk about, everybody. It's, it's going to be a show. You might shed some tears in this show, but we we know you guys are your hardcore fans. You're going to get through this with us. We're going to, we're going to do this together. You know, i got we're angry going to tears, not sad tears. Tears of <laughs> anger <laughs> today on the show we'll talk about uh, uh the last week in timberwolves basketball we'll get to full court press where we'll mostly talk about derrick rose of course um you know we have a sponsor we'll do power rankings we have uh, some uh, nepotism to talk about within the power rankings uh we'll have weekly wolfies and a game it's all coming at you in this episode of wolves cast we appreciate you. Choosing us and listening to our show this week, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for being here. It's going to be It's gonna be all right. Even though we're going to talk about some sad times, we're going to talk about, um, you know. It's get- time to jump off the ledge, yeah. everybody.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, time. <laughs> it's time. We've yeah. been keeping you on the ledge. It's time. Yeah, Let it go. It's time.
1: It is indeed time. So um, let's talk about um, uh, the last two basketball games the Minnesota Timberwolves have played. Um, the last week, uh, since we have recorded, um, the team went 0-2 with losses in portland and in utah and then they had a big old break a huge another all-star break is that's essentially right. how it feels like it feels like it's all-star break two um happening to us right now and uh, we are recording this show while the team plays um kyrie irving and the boston celtics right here in minneapolis must win must <laughs> must win must we topple got to,
0: we can't we can't lose three games in a row this season it's never happened keep that
1: alive it's never happened we're we, gonna make it playoffs we got to keep that streak old yeah old. we beat all those odds typically so yeah that is um um You know, that's what happened last week. We, you know, we got those losses. Unfortunately, losses in division to some teams battling for the playoffs. Uh, Some winnable games before we go in the stretch of kind of really tough games. So it would have been nice to get them. But the good news is the team played well. I thought those games were well played. Y'all thought I was crazy earlier this
0: season around Christmas time. We're talking, would you rather win? The Christmas Day game against the Lakers on national TV, or the midweek game against the Nuggets. <laughs> Everyone's like, "Yeah, national TV. It's Christmas Day. We got to win." Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, "We don't want to lose the bad team. Like, give me a divisional win every
1: time." Yeah, I was sounding the
0: divisional bell all early in the season. Thankfully, we've got all those wins
1: stacked up. Yeah, we did. We did well in the early part of the season, but now, yeah, to losing two uh, here is, is is tough. The bill has come due. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bill is too <laughs> like that. That's the way you put it. Um, but yeah, any let's. What, what should we talk about with these games? You know, Portland. Um, that was Towns' game. Portland was Towns went off crazy
0: because we played really good defense. I felt like yeah. I thought like we were seeing guys hustle on both sides of the ball in a way that was really encouraging because it was like yeah. I haven't seen that much consistent defensive effort team wide while Jimmy was playing with us because I guess a lot of times it's kind of like how. Uh, team, teammates with LeBron, you know, there are, sometimes their offensive number goes down because they're like, yeah, like Kevin Love, where he's like, yep. the offense isn't running through me. I just catch the ball and shoot now, kind of thing. <laughs> and that, I feel like people treat it that way with Jimmy, where they're like, oh, Jimmy will take care of the defense; he'll do the hard work. And so it was really, really encouraging to me to see like the team come out and step up and take responsibility and be have energy and fight on that side of the end. Towns had a great two way game. Uh, it was just depressing to see all the threes start falling in that Ooh. fourth quarter and. uh you knew they were coming. It was a shame. They were it was cold a, early on. Yeah. Such a shame for a game that I thought the Wolves really competed hard in.
1: Yeah, they, they really. It really was a really good game, and uh, just couldn't get it done in the end. Um, so that was last Thursday night, and then last Friday night. Um, you know, the the back to back, the second half of the back to back road road back to back in Utah uh, rematch with Rubio game uh a very probably probably the strangest game of the year had to be yeah right i can't think of, <laughs> i can't think yeah. of another uh a stranger game than there's just like the amount of things that happened in this game like Beal eats a point his pants
0: down at the free throw line was like the fifth craziest thing a wolves player did it would game. have
1: been, it would have led any other game right like craziest moment but it, it, in this game, it was just like, it was just a casual thing that happened. <laughs> oh, no, in the, no big check
0: deal. out the digest this week. Bealey says a great quote about it where he says, in, in America, they make jokes out of everything. Yes, we do, Belly. <laughs> we do make jokes we will. out of everything.
1: You, you pull your pants down.
0: That uh, is how the Twitter and the internet
1: content industry works. I was raised on the streets. Yeah, so Belly, right. you, you just can't pull your pants down while you're at the free throw line while eighteen thousand people are looking at you. Um, well, I mean, he proved you can do it. Actually, his uh, wife
0: thought it was funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he just it's had he's had to retie, No big deal. He's not wearing like tidy whities under there.
0: He's got his tights on, you know. So
1: I like that though for Belly. I feel like he gets a rap of sort of like being kind of uh, in his own head yep. and sort of like you know over analytical and, and just sort of maybe you know not not you know conform to the NBA ways yet. You know, he's been out of the lineup off and on, doesn't really, they can't really get some momentum. And this to me shows that, he, that maybe not true. He's just, he's so relaxed that he's willing to, put his shorts down to his ankles in the middle of a game. <laughs> Amazing. I'm with you, Bella.
0: You are wearing what amounts to like a swimsuit underneath it, pretty much. You're fine. You know?
1: uh, we will talk more about Rubio stuff later in the show, so we don't need to get to that, but um, a Utah game again, I feel like the game was, was well played. It was a game the Wolves could have won. Um, you know, they, they played decent defense and, and uh, you know had a chance to, you know, to win this divisional game as well, but it just wasn't to be um, at the very end. Let's be honest here, though. There was some BS going on with Towns being thrown. Oh, my God.
0: I say he deserves the first technical, but the second one coming so quickly after that. And also, Doris Burke said, what Kat said to the ref was, call it. Uh, didn't cuss him out. Didn't, yeah, he was running back on defense, so it wasn't like he was like stopping and being demonstrative with his arms. What an itchy trigger finger that ref had to be like. You know what? I'm going to toss you this quickly after your first technical and decide the game right here. You know, so very strange. I thought that was uh, very unfair. But that's going to happen during an NBA season. The refs don't always call the games fairly.
1: Yeah, Towns' first ejection in his career. Saw like, it right Lord there.
0: Very weird. Towns is a complainer. He needs to stop complaining as true, much as true, he does. True, We've true, always true. said this. True. But I just felt like he did not get his money's worth on that one. <laughs> you know, if you're going to get ejected for your first time in your career, be like Anthony Davis earlier in the season and charge half the court running after a ref or something. Yeah. Like, earn it. Actually, make earn it. it, you yeah, know? Make it worth it. because that was BS. And then the rest of the trouble coming on. You know, the flagrants or you know the yeah. technical foul on Tibbs and Jay yep. Crowder which was dumb and stupid crazy and you know Teague being ejected from the game which is also really stupid I mean that's not a flagrant too you know and and I uh, we'll talk about later. Yeah, we're, yes. we're going to that's the topic of, we're going to talk about
1: later. Yeah, but yeah, unfortunate that the Wolves, I mean, you know, the Jazz are playing well. They have a great home court advantage with the altitude and everything. So that's a, yeah. that's a hard place to win right Wiggins now. Wiggins was visibly exhausted. Ooh. He was
0: like bending down, hands on the knees. Players are <laughs> coming over and like rubbing his back. Like he was the most visibly exhausted I've seen Wiggins this season.
1: All right, cool. Let's uh keep the show moving. It's time for full court press. Here's the tip. <laughs> To start Full Corps Press today, we have, uh, we have some uh, news, some, some, some uh, roster news for the Minnesota Timberwolves. A a, uh, a, a long-rumored uh, reunion uh, between Derrick Rose and his former coach, Tom Thibodeau. Scott has uh, no! <laughs> got away, uh, wisely leaning away from the mic to uh, scream in anguish. Thank you. Uh Yes. On the flip
0: side, if you go back to 2010, 2011 and tell me, this will be my favorite news I've ever received. <laughs> Derrick Rose was legit my favorite player in the league, his MVP season. I would just watch his Adidas commercials on YouTube over and over again. I was so heavy into that propaganda. I remember chatting with my Chicago Bulls fan, Jeremy Gordon, shouts to Jeremy Gordon about it all the time, about how great Rose was and how much we loved him. and. Now, for me to be like, this is the worst move the Timberwolves could have made.
1: How quickly things can change. Not even quickly. In NBA.
0: This is yeah. something that I was thinking about today, because I was just listening to the Star Tribune podcast on my way over here mm-hmm. about the Timberwolves, and uh, they were like, he he was an MVP. It's like, yeah, he was an MVP like a lifetime ago. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were in Obama's first term. It's so hopeful about the future of our country back then.
1: Yeah, it does. You know, it, it was only you know five years ago or something, but no, it's, it's
0: closer to like seven now. Yeah, you know? I guess it is
1: 2011. It's 2018 now.
0: Yeah. So. And yeah, It seems, widely it seems recognized. like it was
1: not that long ago, but in, yeah, when you think about it, it was.
0: In hindsight, it's widely recognized as one of the worst MVP awards given out in the last two decades.
1: Yeah. Uh, Bill youngest, Simons, youngest ever.
0: Bill Simmons talks about how the MVP awards should have different weights. So oh, yeah. there's like the 50-pound MVP <laughs> award and the little one. He says Derek Rose gets the little one because honestly, Dwight Howard should have been MVP that season and LeBron had a better season than Rose, but it was LeBron's first season in Miami. And so no one uh, wanted to give it to him. Kind of like how no one yeah, wants to give... The backlash. No one wants to give MVP... To durant or curry anymore because they teamed up and that happened to lebron yeah in Miami. and nobody wants to give
1: mvp to a center come on <laughs> who wins it who wins it as a center yeah. centers don't win it dwight howard deserved it that year it's but defense doesn't get it as much as offense um so yes yeah, so the timberwolves have signed Derrick rose the rest of the season uh this room this uh, has been a rumor for a very long time we thought we were in the clear. I feel like a lot of Wolves fans have felt the same. Like after the you know trade deadline happens, and after you know March first, which mm. was a week ago at this point, you know, so which cocky. is the you know the final day that you know players can be cut who want to be on a and
0: Rose hasn't been
1: signed for weeks, right? Yeah, and
0: so it's like if there was interest, something would have already happened. I was feeling yeah, like there
1: was another team. I don't know, it was Clippers. Or there was another team rumored to be interested in him, and it was like okay, good. And um, you know, I've seen you know headlines of his Rose. You know, is he out of the league finally? And the stuff, so you what, know, it what? didn't feel like it was going to happen. It felt like it was over. You
0: know who should have signed him was the Chicago Bulls because right back. the league is like, hey Chicago, we see you tanking and resting all your healthy players. You can't do that anymore. They could have just signed Rose and played him all those games. That's the best way just to tank point to him. Be like, look, be like, he's out there. Yeah. we're, we're <laughs> trying. We're trying to play healthy players, and
1: then uh, tank them right to the bottom of the draft. Oh man! Um. So, all right. Well, let's let's dive in. We're going to talk about this here for for a little bit. Now we have a three, three, uh, three-pronged sort of approach on uh, why so this cocky. is bad. I wasn't whistling past the graveyard. I was dancing on graves. I was so cocky <laughs> that we weren't going to get him. Yeah, we got to swallow our pride and talk about what's happening now, though. But uh, okay, so three reasons why this is bad. Let's just start with a straight sort of unemotional roster perspective just an on-court perspective the wolves don't need a point guard <laughs> they don't, don't they don't need this they this is not the position positionally you know we we all looking uh you know even further back who are the wolves going to trade for what's the trade deadline going to be and we said no 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 look more to the buyout market guys who are waived by their teams check out those guys that's more like what the wolves are going to need and you know, sure enough, they did that. But we thought it would be more of a wing player. Um, Ilyasova, Bellinelli, the Sixers got them both. Um, yeah, uh, guys like, like that. I don't know. Something like that seemed like it was going to happen. Not a point guard. We've talked about how this team
0: was like an NBA jam set up, where it's all guards and bigs, no, right? No wings, no, nothing in the middle. And so we had, you know, several point guards. If you count Aaron Brooks, if you consider Jamal Crawford a point guard, then we had. Uh, let's see, we've got Teague. Tyus, Brooks. Brooks, Crawford. Crawford, and, <laughs> yeah. And Jamal. Now, yeah. And then you're like, okay, we got a bunch of bigs too. We got Kat, Gorgie, if you count Bielitsa as a big, we have uh, Taj. Taj. Yeah. And it's like, what, what wings do we have? Butler, Wiggins, Shabazz, George's Hunt. Shabazz is gone. Yeah. Butler's gone. Yeah. And that's the what... way. So now our wings are basically Andrew and a small ball playing Bielitsa. That's right. like what we have right so now. So it's healthy right now. And so it's just insane to me. That we decided to go out and pick up a guard, a point guard at that, who has never played well without the ball in his hands, never played well in a situation where the ball is not in his hands and the offense isn't running through him. He's not a good shooting guard. He's not a good spot up shooter.
1: Yeah, if you're going to, that's the thing. If you're going to play off ball, if you're going to say, oh, this guy can play the two, they have to be a shooter. They have to be able to you know, that's the sort of the definition of operating with the ball without the ball in your hands. You got to be able to shoot or you got to be able to like cut and get in the lane and get passes that way. So, and the idea that, you know, to, you know, today recording this on Thursday, as this news breaks, you know, they, they had shoot around, they had media access today and, and Tibbs is talking about playing two guards and this is the way the league is. Well, Tibbs, you, you haven't you haven't played Tyus and Teague together at all this season. What, like eight minutes, what, I believe? You know, I guess if you uh, – they've played Crawford with these guys. So if you think of Crawford as a, another point guard, then maybe um, in that way it is sort of like a two-guard lineup. But I, I don't buy the idea that this is going to be a two-guard lineup situation. I mean, maybe they're going to try it. I mean, I guess that's why you sign him is to try something like this, something new. So – I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so you don't need the position. Um, what we needed was defense and or shooting, and Rose brings neither of those things. He's a terrible defender. He's good at getting to the rim and finishing at, at the hoop. That is his one NBA skill at this point. Um, he is a good finisher. He's good at breaking guys down and getting to the rim. But he can't shoot from long range, and he can't defend. And those are the two main things we need. And, th- and most importantly out of all this, Tyus Jones is a fantastic backup point guard. And if you're not bringing in Derrick Rose to be your backup point guard, what are you doing? So, roster wise, it makes zero sense.
0: And we were also like, oh, Kat's not getting shots. Why don't we sign a person who's going to jack up a bunch of shots? D Rose is going to take ten to fifteen a game. You know, yeah, he's got
1: he's trying to repair his his. That's his, the other thing about his career. About this. His career is on the line is right he now. He came
0: in here saying, "I want to prove myself that I belong in this league." So he's not yeah. in here to try to get wins. He's not trying to you know be a contributing member. He's trying, he's get trying our to get stats yeah. and a contract. He he's not here for the Timberwolves. He's here for himself, and so that's already going to be a huge chemistry issue because he's here yeah. for his own numbers.
1: Uh, you know it's a bad signing uh, when the uh, best-case scenario is that he doesn't play. So um, that's, that's, when, that's what we got to hope for here is that he's just buried on the bench and Tib- is, it's a backup option for Tibbs. Uh, I hope so. That's I hope what so, but people i people saying. People are defending this move being like, So the question is, would you rather have nothing? I and- would rather have nothing than Derrick
0: Rose is the answer because I think he's going to be a drain on the team chemistry-wise, a drain in the clubhouse, a distraction on the court, and taking away minutes and shots from players who deserve it more. So I would so rather I think, have an empty roster sorry, spot.
1: Yes. Uh, okay, so let's move to point number two Of why this is bad Point number one is we don't need a point card um, Point number two Is that And this is the hardest one for me Let me, let me tell you This is the hardest one as a Timberwolves fan is that I believe it is it proves that Tibbs is a flawed general manager (laughs) I'm never happy
0: (laughs) that's a very nice way to put it Neil Uh,
1: I I mean I don't want to you know I don't want this to ruin his whole reputation as a general manager for me the Timberwolves idea was sort of blown out of proportion and I wanted to be someone who could logically kind of knock that down Um, obviously Jimmy Butler is a move you make 10 out of 10 times every time you get him you, you have to you available, You have to take it. You have to do that deal. Taj Gibson has been a bargain. He's been amazing. One of the best free agent signings of the last offseason. That's one I would have pointed to before the season started and said, oh, maybe a little bit here, maybe a little Timber Bulls here. But he's been fantastic. Uh, that has been a gold star so far and this season. As far as Aaron Brooks goes, who cares? That guy doesn't get any minutes anyways. He could be any. He could be any backup point guard in the league as far as I'm concerned. Right. It doesn't so, really matter. So. But this is the one where it really does – Reek of what we're going to talk about uh, later in the show and power rankings of nepotism of I know this guy, this guy's worked for me in the past. And and, and don't get me wrong, this is a common thing with NBA coaches and GMs. They when they're when they have trouble, when they are losing games, um, when they're constructing their rosters they will go with what has worked for them in the past. It makes sense across all professions or whatever in life. What's worked for you in the past is typically what we do as humans is just repeat the things that work for us and try to get rid of the things that don't, whatever. So on a basic level, it's fine because it makes sense. But for Thibodeau to not understand that Derek Rose is on his way out of the league and is no longer a viable NBA option and really doesn't fit with this roster at all really speaks to me about where Thibodeau is as a GM. And it's just um, it's unfortunate because I thought this was not the case, but Thibodeau is just going to be another guy where it's like, yeah, they shouldn't have given him both jobs. Yeah, He should not be both coach and GM. He should probably just be coach. Um, but unfortunately, that was the only way at the time. I remember it. It was like this is the only way this guy's coming through the door, so I'm fine with it. You know, that was the that was the way that I kind of rationalized it before. It's like I really want Tibbs as the Bulls guy, as the as the t- t- Freud and slip as the Timberwolves guy here. Uh, so let's do it. Whatever. Timber we'll Bulls. give him that. We'll give him that power. And now we're seeing the consequences of it. So that is really hard for me. The whole Timberwolves thing is true. It
0: makes me question every other move I've defended for him for in the past. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I used to be the guy who's sitting here saying, we're not going to sign Rose. Tibbs is too smart for that. I said it last year when the trade rumors came up. Ricky to the Knicks for Derrick Rose. I was like, that's stupid. is not an idiot. And he didn't do it. I was like, see, Thibodeau's smart. Yeah. And then this offseason, people were like, he's going to sign Derrick Rose. And he signed Jeff Teague instead. I said, see, he's not an idiot. He's not head over heels over Rose. He's a smart person. And now I have to question all of that because now I know he did want Rose all those times and it was probably someone else stopping him from doing that stupid trade or stopping... I heard uh, on... I think it was the Star Tribune podcast with Zagoda on it where he said that... Tibbs wanted to sign Derrick Rose to be our starting point guard this offseason. Yeah, and the only, re- only reason he took Teague is because after you trade Ricky, you need the durability, someone who can play 82 games, which everyone knows. Even Thibodeau knows that's not Rose. And so thank God, because what if we gave Rose like Teague, Teague money, you know? And yeah. we committed to him for a long time. like? Oof. And so now I have to go back and question everything that I defended Thibodeau be- for before. Because now I I I've lost my
1: confidence in him. I I really just think he doesn't know what he's doing. All right, and the third uh, the third reason why this is a bad uh, why this is bad is that Derrick Rose uh, is a morally corrupt person. I think that's safe to say. Um, I think yeah. Good.
0: Corrupt might be a little bit harsh. A little strong. At, all right. Like all right. he's amoral. Uh, at, amoral. You know, I think. Where he like he doesn't understand you're right. morality.
1: right. Corrupt, corrupt sort of insinuates yeah. a little bit of like mad genius like sort of like playing people and yeah. you know you you you're manufacturing evil whereas Derrick Rose just seems like a dummy. He's just your typical That's, dummy.
0: This is something that I won't say about players very often because I think it's a stereotype and who knows these guys um, from the outside, but after following Rose pretty closely for almost a decade now, I can say he is not an intelligent person. Right. And that's, usually that's what I'm we're saying who, it doesn't matter that someone else took his SATs so he can get in college because I hate the one and done rule. And this guy was going to be a professional basketball player in high school. He doesn't need to take SATs. So I was fine with that. But it just seems like in all of his interviews and stuff, he's he just seems like he doesn't understand. We uh, tweeted out something today. It was about the Deadspin article. Uh, Derek Rose had a civil suit uh, alleging that he and some of his friends raped a woman last year and that was a very ugly saga he uh you know was saying like she's not credible because she doesn't want her identity to be released and did all this really publicly terrible stuff slandering this woman and even in the most charitable situation uh rose and his friends were tag teaming a woman and thought that that was like a consensual respectful thing and it's just like it's so weird that situation is so weird, but like they did some despicable stuff. I still remember the jury after they acquitted Rose; all of them were like taking photos with Rose afterwards, and it was just a disgusting example of our criminal justice system.
1: So yeah, do some research. Uh, we'll link to the Deadspin article in our in our show notes. But yeah, you can uh, check uh, yeah, out kind of what Deadspin we're talking article, about.
0: Which I didn't say uh, what it was. Is that he didn't? Uh, he said he didn't understand what consent meant, and that could be like he did everything that you would want to do in one of these cases. If you want your client to be found innocent and saying like, Oh, she totally said, yes, I don't understand consent. You know, she wanted it. He did all the playbook and you know, mm. I can't blame him for that. Cause that's what his lawyer does. His lawyer has a job that happens. It's disgusting, but he chose to go down that way. But it- When he said he didn't understand consent, I believed him. I was like, that guy's an idiot. There's no way he understands this stuff. So I think that he's very dumb. And I think that he surrounded himself with an entourage that does despicable things. And that he's just kind of along with that road. And I think that... You know, what's discouraging is that I I don't think he's self-aware at all. I think he still thinks he's the MVP. I mean, we heard him saying he's going to get a max contract next year. He doesn't understand his limitations, and I don't think Thibodeau does either. I don't know which one is more self-deluded between Thibodeau or Rose because they both think that he's a guy he's not anymore. And that's discouraging because Rose thinks he's still the star wherever he goes. So he's not going to fit into any team concept because he still believes that he's got it, you know?
1: These issues were stuff we talked about last season with uh, Lance Stevenson signing, the conversation there. You can listen back to uh, episode Episode forty
0: one. I recommend you do. It was a really good conversation. I thought we went into a lot of nuance, trying to understand perspective from all sides with uh, uh, Lance and the domestic violence uh, incident that he had. But this is such a different level of that,
1: you know. And it's been it's been a year of where you know you know culturally in America, all these things have kind of come up, and it's a bigger deal now. And I don't know. There's been more conversation about it, and more sort of this conversation has happened a lot more and um, you know, we, we, this, this is something that we've been thinking about as far as sports and you know, where are these guys and, and just in entertainment, you know, like Louis CK stuff and all these things that have come forward is the separation of, you know, the person versus the art, you know, versus yeah. the sport, that kind of thing. And, you know, everyone basically has to make your own decision about where they come down on things like this. And, but this
0: isn't even like a person in art thing. Like I don't, Support R. Kelly even though he made the remix to Ignition, you know? Like, that's a case where it's like, damn, when that song comes on, I'm like, I feel bad because I know the artist who made this, but this song is fire it's not like Derek Rose is going to be on an all-star team ever again in his life. It's not like he's playing good basketball. It's not where you have to be like his basketball is so good, but I have to separate it from the person he is. He's terrible at basketball and also a terrible person. I think his clubhouse chemistry is going to be terrible. He seems like somebody who's more on the Wiccan sides of never talking or being a leader vocally in the clubhouse. And he's just, you know, he's learned a lot of bad habits from being rich and unchecked for so many years.
1: So yeah, do your, uh, do due, due diligence, read up on, uh, Derek Rose, the person. And, uh, yeah. That, it's just uh, tone deaf.
0: It's tone deaf for Thibodeau to come out today and when asked about it say, worst possible I know who Derrick Rose is as a person. Oh, do mm. you? D- do you know what he's
1: like as a person? You know what he's yeah. like at
0: practice. You know what he's like on the bench. But you
1: don't know what he's I, like when he's you know going to
0: clubs with his entourage
1: and that, stuff. That, to me, that reads more of like, I don't care what he is as yeah, a person. Yeah, exactly. That's oh, not mine. My- <laughs> and that is so
0: tone deaf That's when bad. you've got... You know, Kerr and Popovich and all these other coaches who are saying, like, really on point with the message politically and where we're at in this country. And he's just like, oh, it doesn't matter, you know.
1: Anything else on Rose
0: Oh, way too much. We should, <laughs> probably, we should probably yeah. continue. We'll talk
1: more in in uh, future uh, I, I weeks. Could, I could go on. I could keep going on, my friend. Uh, from a current uh, Wolves point guard to a former Wolves point guard. He's hitting up. Let's talk about Ricky Rubio. Uh, some drama, as we mentioned before, in Utah. On Friday, uh, featuring Ricky Rubio.
0: I'm Ricky Rubio. I'm not like anybody else.
1: It was a good game uh, for Rubio until the fourth quarter, and uh, him and Jeff Teague got mixed up a little bit. Was it fourth or third? It was in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I watched it back. And, uh, yeah, Teague uh, was feeling slighted by a call that didn't go his way, and Ricky grabbed the rebound. You've all seen the clip. And sure enough, uh, he kind of got hip-checked by Jeff Teague. Rubio goes flying goes you know flying into the Wolves bench and uh, Jeff Teague ultimately gets ejected on a flagrant two foul there on Rubio so very very lots of drama it's just so weird and again this is the straight this is what also adds to the strangest game of the year it could have been any just of all the players in the league that something like this could have happened to it happens to ricky rubio (laughs) former wolf beloved member of timberwolves franchise history uh some of you know everyone basically listening to this one of probably one of your favorite players ever alexi
0: change change his face be happy enjoy and
1: his replacement sure enough later in the season hip checks him and gets ejected from the game you can't make this stuff up
0: (laughs) well any ill will Jeff Teague got from that from the Timberwolves fan base will be paid back tenfold now that Rose is on the team it's the silver lining (laughs) the silver lining of Rose being on the team is going to make people stop complaining about Teague stop complaining about Jamal because Jamal is a superior player yeah yeah. so now everyone can stop you know belly aching about that I guess um I was upset initially, but I quickly checked myself, because this is who Ricky Rubio is. We've seen him do this 8,000 times, where... That hip check was not enough to send him to the ground. It's not even a like I said, it's barely a flagrant one. But yep.
1: the way Ricky, he just sells contact. To be fair, so they're good. both sprinting down the court. But yeah, that's Ricky that's the is stuff so you get. great. He's at good at in those moments. Yeah.
0: and he was that way with the team. And it's one of those things where he when he's on your team, you love it. When he's against you, you hate it. But man, he that's his that's his game. He's been doing that for years for the Timberwolves. So I get it. He did a great job. Kudos to Ricky Rubio. Tip of the hat to you, my friend. Gamesmanship. But he yeah he. Did Definitely sold that, you yeah, know. You yeah, can't yeah, watch yeah. that and be like, "Ricky didn't sell the crap yeah, out we, of that." But uh,
1: what you're saying is, we've watched Ricky for way too long to know. We we know better. Yeah, <laughs> we know better. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Uh,
0: you know, respect to Ricky. Don't hate him because he sold the contact. Yeah. He did
1: that for us for years. And so. then that night, Jimmy Butler returns to Twitter. He uh, blasted his first tweet in uh, over a year to uh, come to Jeff Teague's. Um, you know, side here and saying he liked that move, and he thought uh, Ricky, like, you know, I think he said something like, "stood up too quick" or whatever. Don't be standing up so quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, that. so that was another wrinkle to all this. Is Jeff Teague or, another or silver? we're getting note, on Twitter? So yeah, exactly. You know, it stinks
0: that Jeff T got thrown out, and you know, we lost a close game that we could have won. But the plus side is we got Jimmy Butler back on Twitter. Everybody, he back, he back, he back,
1: he back. The tweets. Um, yeah, so that was fun, but yeah, it kind of made made some people hate Jeff Teague a little bit more, and it kind of made some people wonder about Jimmy Butler, which was kind of interesting because there's lots of people still holding on to the old wolves. Lots of people still holding on to the Flip Saunders aura and the Ricky Rubio everything, and when you know this sort of is like a fork in the road, where it's like whose side are you on right now, y'all? Like this thing happened. It and made me like both of them more.
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm into I mean, like I like Teague yeah. for being
0: aggressive. I've always yeah. said this team lacks an enforcer, somebody yeah. who. <clears throat> Somebody who will throw throw down, yeah. And so I like seeing that aggressiveness from Teague, who I feel like has been too passive sometimes. I love new aggressive Teague. Happy he did it, and I love Ricky and his game. Your game gamesmanship is one of the things that made me fall in love with you, Ricky Rubio. Indeed, so good good on both sides.
1: All right, one more thing here.
0: He's on fire.
1: We need to talk about the possibility. It is a distinct but very real. Um, possibility, maybe remote, hopefully remote possibility that the Timberwolves will not make the playoffs this year. We just want to touch on this briefly because in this week of uncertainty, uh, you know, the Wolves lose Jimmy Butler and then they lose two in a row um, to some Western Conference teams. you got the Pelicans and the Blazers surging in the Western Conference. have like a 10-game win streak. Ten in a row. Blazers have like eight eight in a row. Like teams are killing it. Bad times in Wolves land. Is it possible that the Timberwolves cannot make the playoffs? And and how are we processing all of that right now? You know, because th- that's that's kind of what that that's kind of where I'm at right now with all this. Is it possible, Neil? Is it? Possible! <laughs> it is possible, I guess.
0: Technically, <laughs> technically, I, you had the odds up on 5:38. Yeah, you have like a 93 percent shot right of making now making the playoffs. Yeah. We were up there like 97 like two oh, weeks ago. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And as a baseball fan, I'll tell you that those odds they don't mean anything until they're a hundred. <laughs> It's still more likely than not we'll make it in statistically. But so we shouldn't panic or go overboard yet. But it's hard after being solid in that three, four seat all. All year long. Whenever we lose a couple games, we win a couple. It seemed and it, like a lock. It just Like I said, I wasn't wringing my hands. It was kind of a worry-free season because it just felt like we were very consistent. And maybe we thought, worst case scenario, we'd, we'd fall to five or something. Yeah. But it's so bunched up now that on a nightly basis, we were going from the three seed to the eighth seed to the sixth seed. Back and forth. And yeah. it's it's dizzying and very worried. <laughs> you know, it's very stressful as a Wolves fan to watch that happen. Um, just because we went from being like seemingly a lock for home, home court advantage for the first round to being like, we could be playing the Warriors in the first round. Uh, so it's very stressful. Um, and I, it just makes it harder when we don't have regular games. Like this, this break was so tough for me because I just, there's nothing you could do about it. You know, there's nothing like you could be like, yeah, well, we're going to win this next game and climb those rankings. It's just like, we're at the mercy of the other games going on.
1: What I want to say here tonight and something to think about for Wolves fans who are feeling bad, I think that we need to realize that there's still over a month of NBA basketball left in the regular season, about 7 weeks. So, well, the Wolves only have 16 more games. Things are bad now. There's not a lot of games. Even if the Wolves lose to Boston, lose to Golden State, lose to Washington next week, even lose San Antonio, say say they're down to like 6 in a row losses. Things are bad. The Timberwolves have everyone's peaking right now. The playoffs don't start next week or the week after that. They start in over a month. So, I feel like things are bad right now because we feel like the playoffs are about to begin and we're kind of in that lull right before the playoffs start, but there's a, there's a lot of games left uh, relatively speaking. And so the Wolves hopefully even if they do go into a major swoon here, they we we've, we've already talked about the schedule things improve for the wolves and i think that is where fans kind of need to look to as far as like uh just be patient right now take these l's and then these
0: next it's like we talked about last week on the pod these next six games are gonna, gonna be, be, be the hardest yes and you're right we may lose four five six in a row but then we finish the season with 10 games against teams that most of them are tanking. right so hold on to those and things knowing the timberwolves will lose to a couple of those <laughs> games, because man we are fans of this team we, we know gotta what it's we gotta like pull to some down, out though but, yeah uh, yeah, we just gotta you know keep that in the back of our minds, I guess.
1: All right, um, that'll do it for Full Core Press. Let's get to our sponsor. In honor of International Women's Day today, we have a public service announcement uh, defining the term consent. Uh, according to the dictionary, uh, consent is permission for something to happen or agreement to do something.
0: Or just to be crystal clear, just so the message can't be missed by a certain somebody. Consent is when someone agrees, gives permission, or says yes to sexual activity with another person. Consent is always freely given, and all people in a sexual situation must feel that they're able to say yes or no or stop sexual activity at any point. A clear and an unambiguous agreement expressed outwardly through mutually understandable words or actions to engage in a particular activity. Consent can be withdrawn by either party at any point.
1: International Women's Day is very important to us. So is the idea of consent, you guys. So think about that, and that's our sponsor for today. Up next, it's time for Power Rankings. Power. P-p-power. Power. 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 Yeah, Power Rankings. Join us in the country club for this week's
0: edition of Power Rankings. We talk about it. Uh, Timberwolves being a country club, Glenn Taylor would rather hire his friends and the people he knows personally than maybe the best people.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, with the Rose move, uh, with uh, Thibodeau bringing the – getting the band back together. We thought it'd be appropriate to have uh, power this week's power rankings be about uh, the most uh, nepotistiest hires. I, nepotistiest. Made that, I made up that word. I made Neil say it. Nepotistiest. 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 The most
0: nepotistic
1: yes. hires. Nepotistiest across the NBA. We just uh, scoured the league for some some moments and some uh, hires and some trades or whatever that um, you know brought brought some people back together that had uh, you know previous relationships. Um, while we're on the while we're defining things, uh, nepotism is de- defined as uh, the practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives or friends especially by giving them jobs. So that's what we're talking about here when we talk about nepotism it's not just about your kids or it's whatever it's not about your
0: talent it's about a favoritism that's, that's right. going on. Yeah,
1: yeah, you're getting you're getting the look sort of inappropriately here. So we're going to start uh, with number 5. Um Number five, we're going to give it to uh, our own Tom Thibodeau. The Timber Bulls. And the Timber Bulls, which uh, was something we, we were so against. We denied it up and down. It was not happening. But after today, hard to deny that such a thing is happening, such a phenomenon. It is here. Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson, Derek Rose, Aaron Brooks. Uh, John Lucas the third, and yes, former uh, former uh, Chicago Bulls coach Andy Greer. Air Brooks is terrible. <laughs> Andy Greer uh, heading up the defense. Uh, that's right. Should probably lose his job anyway. The defense has been terrible. Come on, yeah, great point. Uh, you know, so these are these are all your all your classic Bulls guys. These are the people that everyone thought Tibbs was going to go out and get. Lou Dang. When you coming through that door? We don't know. Maybe next season we'll see, but. Tom Thibodeau has to own up to this. I mean, yep. you can't, you can't, you can't look at this list the and, other and moves say otherwise. Were defensible, but now yeah. we know. Now we know. Yeah. I mean, Rose is like really feeling the like the blindfold has been re- uh, torn off my eyes. Now. I mean, Aaron Brooks clearly is someone who's also sort of on Rose's level of like, you're basically out of the league, but the, the, his role is a third point guard. And I just don't see that this move with Rose is to make him the new third point guard. Yeah. It just would be and Aaron Brooks didn't have a top 10 selling Jersey last year. Like <laughs> Derek Rose's next yeah. Jersey was <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so the
0: stands are out
1: so, there. So Tibbs, you get our number five on uh these power rankings. Time for number four. Oh
0: we got some owners. owners. This is kind of natural. Owner you got, category. You got your billionaires in this country who can afford everything. Then they pass down their massive wealth to their children. And then their children are, you know, not as qualified as them because they didn't work to get that money, but they have all the responsibility and money and power. So then they kind of F it up a lot. We see that happening in all facets of our country, really. It's one of the biggest problems with our country, uh, is the billionaires get to do anything. And that's the same with team owners. All the owners are billionaires these days. And, uh, if you look at two of the premier teams in the league, the New mm. York Knicks with the Dolans and the Los Angeles Lakers with the Buses, you had people who, you know, earned their money and, and bought those teams and then they gave them to their children who have just been squandering it who just don't know <laughs> what to do with it because they've been rich spoiled brats their entire life
1: I think especially in the case of the Dolans, the here, Dolans. this is you know uh, you know I think uh, the young Dolan the, the current owner is Jim Dolan and and he is someone who is you more know, interested
0: in playing guitar than running <laughs> the Knicks in a competition yeah fashion. he's in
1: like a cover band and like
0: a man who hired Isaiah Thomas to run the WNBA team after he got like sued out of the NBA for for sexual harassment while running the Knicks,
1: the Knicks have been a mess for almost twenty years now, and really, you can trace it back to you know the the new Dolans, the new Dolan, uh, um, you know, ownership. So
0: it's also just a little bit of silver silver lining of hope. Uh, yeah. A lot of silver linings in this episode, Neil, is that you know it's bad to have a bad team. It stinks to have a bad coach. It we can tell you from the Con era, a bad. GM can ruin a generation for you, Put a bad owner Ooh. that can ruin a generation. Ooh. You know, you'll have family members who die going to their graves, not seeing your team win a championship because of a bad owner.
1: And you know, Papa Glenn isn't the best in the league, but he's but far he's, from the worst. He's not at all we got the worst. A, we got a yeah. middling owner, and that's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Glenn's got his issues, but he is not a bad owner if you compare him to especially the Dolans and the buses. All right, moving on to number three. We're talking now about coaches, and we're going to keep it uh, mostly local here. Um, you know, Flip Saunders, you know, of course, uh, hooking up his uh his son Ryan, current uh, current Timberwolves assistant coach. Um, back in the day, I believe he was uh, you know, he was assistant under Adelman at first, and, uh, um, but yeah, he's he's hanging tough. Apparently, you know, a good coach, according to all involved. But uh, yeah, that's the most thing. of the people you hear that from are also you know Timberwolves employees. There's so, okay. there's
0: less of the. Problem with the ownership and the billionaires giving it to their children because most of the coaches can make their children assistant coaches, right? And you're not going to become a coach without earning it. You can kind of become an assistant coach because of who you know, but you're not going to rise to the level of. A they coach can put you in a
1: position to earn it, right? But they can't like, give you their job essentially yeah. as a coach. So this isn't this isn't quite as bad. It's uh, you know, it's just something that happens every now and then when you have a son who's you know whose father is a coach. So they want to come up and do the same thing. Uh, obviously, you know Rick Adelman. Uh, um, hiring his son. Um, was it RJ Edelman? I RJ. can't believe There's RJ and um, another one. Uh, one of them just passed, uh, yeah. unfortunately. The other one. Um, I think his name's David? Yeah, yeah. Um, but the one of them is uh, still coaching. I believe he's with Orlando this season, uh, uh, former Timberwolves uh, assistant RJ, coach. Yeah, yeah. RJ. Um, so, yeah, that's another example. Then Steve Kerr, who you were saying apparently his uh, son or son in law is, is, is a with Spurs
0: assistant Spurs. coach. So that's not even yes. a
1: direct nepotism. I mean, no. the connections probably helped
0: him out. Steve yeah. Kerr obviously played a valuable role for up. the Spurs. Is great friends with Popovich. Yeah. I just heard a great anecdote that when uh, Kerr was a player for the Spurs, he he realized that Popovich has a rule that whenever he's dining in the same restaurant as one of his players, Popovich will pick up the tab. Oh. And so Kerr would start asking the hotel concierge where Popovich was going every night <laughs> and would just continually run into Popovich over and over again at restaurants. Be like, oh, Sweet same move. restaurant again. Sweet move. Pick up my tab? I
1: love that one. Smart. All right, number two.
0: Neil, I should have you do this one. You uh, looked it up. It's about the Colangelos. Yeah, Jerry Colangelo. um, It's not fair what's happening to the Sixers. Hinky got him there. Hinky did the process. And the league was embarrassed by all this tanking, so they're like, here – we're going to force out Hinky and put Jerry Colangelo in because this is a name that people, I'm doing air quotes for the yes. people who are listening, respects, he's a respectable guy, so let's just force him in there. And then Hinky immediately starts doing terrible things like trading their first-round pick to go up two spots
1: and, yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, you're just going to read from Wikipedia, which is never wrong, uh, to uh, you know, let us, let us know what happened here in Philly. On December 7, 2015, Jerry Colangelo decided to return to the NBA to become the new chairman of basketball operations for the Philadelphia 76ers as well as special advisor to the team's managing partner. On April 7, 2016, Calangelo's son, Brian, would take on the role of general manager... And president of basketball operations for the 76ers after their former president and general manager Sam Hinkie resigned from his position before the 2015 16 season. Um, so uh, the move would reunite the Colangelo's for the first time since 2004 with the Phoenix Suns. Calangelo stepped down. This is Jerry Calangelo, the father, stepped down from his position of chairman of Kevin basketball operations. The following his hiring of his son but he ret- retained the role as special advisor to the managing partner so basically they did this back in phoenix in 2004 uh, both colangelo's are still involved with the 76ers and that's kind of the more blatant one that's like currently happening in the league right now, now
0: that's a huge <laughs> bummer for that's, a huge that's a huge one
1: that's a huge one that's because
0: he just went from like all this like long-term asset collection to being like win now let's do some win now yeah. stuff it's really shot the sixers in the foot in almost every way
1: so yeah that was number two and uh, we got one more
0: Number one. Number one. The poster boy of nepotism. You look up nepotism in the dictionary, there's going to be a photo of Doc and Austin Rivers holding hands, (laughs) sitting right next to each other, which is weird because Austin didn't actually have much of a relationship with Doc growing up. Oh. Um, But Doc Rivers, most notably, uh, keeping his son in the NBA, giving him a lucrative (laughs) contract when he was both coach and GM of the Clippers, which he no longer is. Um Thankfully, Tom Thibodeau doesn't now. have a son yeah. in the league. Yeah. Um, We're, go- so-
1: We're going to do a similar move with Tibbs. by the way, I think. Like, yeah. Hopefully. Be like,
0: hey, you can stay as coach yeah. if you want. Yeah, but-
1: yeah, yeah. We're going to have somebody else do this, which, I don't know, Scott Laden. The yeah. only problem
0: is a lot of damage has to be done before you get to that point, and we mm-hmm. haven't reached that yet. Like – Tiv, or Doc made a bunch of bad moves. It wasn't just Austin Rivers, which was just the most blatant. like Austin Rivers would not be in the literally league. Right
1: your now. son literally the would only not example be in the league. And of you gave chi- him
0: some child playing in the league. and you didn't give him like, you know, a, a league minimum or something. You no. signed him to good money. yeah. And so that is definitely a conflict of interest. But Doc has always been a guy to stick by his guys, just like Tibbs. Uh, he moved to the Clippers and brought back Paul Pierce, Big Baby Davis. Nate Robinson, Jeff Green. He's always just trying to. The joke is always that he's either trying to rebuild the 2008 Celtics or he's trying to get players that played well against his Celtics.
1: Exactly, teams. exactly. It's like, this player
0: killed us when we were the Celtics, so I definitely want him to be on the They Clippers. must still be good. And he definitely d- like ruined the, that. Uh, his coaching is good, but he ruined those Clippers teams uh, with his GMing. And now they're looking like they've got to rebuild probably in their future. And this
1: is up. the most relevant example to what is happening right now with the Bulls. This is what Timberwolves fans should be afraid of because Doc is fine as a coach, but he is like you said, has his GM responsibilities stripped away because of how bad he was over the last five years. And this is what we have to be worried about because it is the same sort of style of like, this guy was good a couple years ago and I know that and I have that history. Let's bring him aboard. We- it is so, um, you know, it is so, like, looking back. It's so, um, you know, rooted in the past, and that's what the problem is. It's like, it can only be a couple years, and that guy's done. That's how quickly it goes here in the NBA. So you got to always be looking forward you more gotta than back. you got to
0: get off right before the player starts to decline. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I think the best example of this recently was uh, the Knicks, who are like, let's get out of that Melo contract real quick. <laughs> yep. And Melo's been terrible. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just one of those cases where – um, you see it a lot in baseball too, where it's like, we know the prospect we're getting better is probably better than the major league player we've traded away. So you go ahead and take this all star from five years ago or something. And like, that's what Tibbs was probably thinking like, oh, Derrick Rose was the MVP. We could get the MVP, you know, where you're just looking at stats that don't matter and you're not actually looking at who's on the
1: rise and who's on well, the It's just more of like a delusion of like, I can get that out of them again. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure Tibbs knows that Rose has had down years, but he thinks he can get that out of him again, or at least 8% what I, of that That's what of I something. brought
0: up. Who's more deluded?
1: Oof. Tibbs or Rose? Neil, the episode title is Delusions of Grandeur. <laughs> All right. You, t- you, you heard it here first. It at um, least has to be in the running. It'll be in the running for sure. All right. That's, uh, that's it for Power Rankings. Let's, uh, let's give some awards. Your weekly Wolfy. All right, let's uh, let's pass out this hardware. It's Oscar. Oscars have been given out, and so we got to give out the we got to give out the Wolfies now too. I
0: understand this is an audio podcast, not visual, so you yeah. probably don't know what the Wolfie award looks like. But it's actually very similar to the Oscar award, where it's okay. like a sculpted man, man in gold. But when you get up to the head, it's a wolf head. It's like a just r- <laughs> crazy wolf made. It looks it. like a character from I love Soul it. Caliber. You know,
1: I love it. I'll Human a, body, wolf head. I'll get it started off. My weekly Wolfie goes to the wonderful Utah Jazz. City Edition jersey, ooh, it's good. It's my favorite. Uh, it's my favorite jersey in the whole league this year, and uh, yeah, especially of the new City Edition jerseys. It's got like the gradient kind of step down from the from the yellow on the top all the way down to the deep brown on the bottom of the shorts. Uh, the Utah Jazz wore them last Friday um, against the Wolves. So um, if you watch that game, you definitely saw it. They have the court to go with it, the City Edition court um also with the wonderful colors um just just great stuff here for this court they have this like crazy like line that goes down if you go to the utah jazz website they have this um kind of line that goes down uh the the side of of the body um apparently that's the driving route from salt lake city to the moab desert and stuff like oh, that's a nice touch. it has just all these really cool touches and it's just a beautiful jersey and it's really kind of a a really a, you know crazy design in some ways you've never seen a jersey like this before <laughs> there's a problem with these jerseys though you know? yeah what's Do you that? know what it is uh i know i know uh, So Neil and I were watching. You got to tuck it in. Neil and I were watching the dunk contest together,
0: (laughs) and Neil was very disturbed by Donovan Mitchell having his jersey untucked untucked. because the gradient doesn't work if the jersey isn't tucked in. The gradient it's like blocks. It's like blocks of color, right? And uh, so Neil was very upset whenever a jazz player didn't have his jersey tucked in because he wants his gradients to flow smoothly from yellow to dark red. And when you untuck your jersey, you skip a few steps. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So you have to have that jersey tucked, or else Neil's gonna. I've never seen Neil care. About having players having their jersey tuck tucked it in, in until tuck it in. Until, he, until he saw these, got jerseys. got the
1: state of Utah right on the belt. You really Utah is the best like overall four jersey kit I think in the whole league. Wow. All all of them are great. Wow, I mean it's either them or Indiana. I would say so. Um, but yeah, that's strong my, opinions I was here. Just, just remembering that he wasn't prepared for these kind of declarations. Yeah, so those Utah jerseys are my weekly wolfies. All
0: right. Well, my weekly wolfie is a negative wolfie.
1: Oh boy, here talked we talked about this. Wolfies can be
0: good things, we hope that they are, but they can also be awarded for bad things. Yeah, And True, everybody, sure. tonight is a first in the history of our podcast. Ooh! I have received my first weekly wolfie. Oh, you got one. I am awarding the wolfie to myself. I see, I see. It's not it hasn't come in the mail, it will be there next week. It has become clear to me this week that it is time to disabuse myself of my illusions. Uh, I was... Di- there's a lot of takes that I've had that I've been holding strongly to, most notably that the Wolves aren't signing Derrick Rose because they're not dumb. Wow. I've been dancing on the internet, tweeting at people, leaving comments in Reddit, being like, come on, this is just a dumb rumor. This you guys big. are idiots for thinking about it. This is big. I was a guy for years who's been like, you know what? We should trust Tom Thibodeau. He knows more about basketball than us. I trust him more than I trust anybody who's commenting on basketball. Um That's another one. Uh Andrew Wiggins free throw shooting. You know, early on in the season we we're like this will this will even itself out with a large enough sample size. It's not going to. I realized it this week. It's just not going to. And the uh, Wolves playoff odds right now, that's another thing. I was telling people don't overreact. Don't, you know, be panicked. It's going to be all right. And now I don't even know cuz I I can't even trust myself anymore. I've realized I've been wrong about so many big things. Today made me realize that I am a blind man trying to lead you somewhere. (laughs) So I don't know why you're trusting me. Um, Hopefully you don't trust me and you're just entertained by me. That would probably be the best of all worlds. So I'm giving a Weekly Wolfie to myself. For being an idiot and you know just not seeing things clearly, I saw things that I wanted to see instead of things as they really were. And, well, listen, uh, today we revealed that to me.
1: Well, you know that is very humble of you to do that. Sometimes you gotta you gotta eat crow publicly. You know you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta put yourself out there. You know if you're gonna put yourself out there strongly in an opinion, you gotta be able to say when you're wrong. And you know that's the mark of uh, someone uh, you know with a little more advanced thinking. So I I I, uh, I commend you on this one. I commend you on this weekly wolfie taking it saying my bad my bad yeah, on this one
0: this is my uh my, my bad my scarlet letter that i will take <laughs> as my apology to all of you listeners yeah for giving you uh confidence that was not earned
1: yeah it was it was hopeful it so. was a uh, wishful thinking in a way yep all right that's weekly wolfies and we try, uh
0: we try to be aspirational yeah. on this
1: podcast always always well, always let's try do. to
0: do this real quick before we go into our game neil all right Give me the best case scenario for Rose. Give me like the silver lining. Like, let's be trying to be just gung-ho boosters right now. What would you say about the Derek Rose signing to try if you were trying to pet people up about it?
1: Uh, I would say that he will rarely play. He will play on the second unit in place of Jamal Crawford. I don't know why this would happen. <laughs> don't don't ask me to dispel logic on this one. But I think he would maybe somehow take Jamal Crawford's minutes or half of his minutes or something and be a dynamic off-ball player who is not terrible on defense, but he averages seven minutes a game or something like that. And he is a very minor bit player who eats into Jamal Crawford's bench minutes. That's my best case scenario. (laughs) That's not a good best
0: case scenario. Your best case scenario is hopefully he doesn't play that much. And
1: hopefully he's not worse than Crawford. That's not a best case
0: scenario. (laughs) No, that's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. My best
0: case scenario is that Derek Rose takes all of Tyus Jones minutes (laughs) And the league loses faith in Tyus Jones. And no one tries to extend him for too much money. And we're able oh, to see. sign see Tyus Jones. See we're able to keep Tyus Jones a secret. Wow. Because the secret started leaking. You guys were all Shh. too big of advocates of Tyus Jones earlier this keep season. Everyone's shouting. And the national media started to notice. So Tibbs was like, whoa, whoa, whoa we got to demote this kid because I need to keep him in the future and we don't have that much cap space, so let's demote him in the near term in the interest of being able to sign him for a, a nice amount of money. Diabolical. That's my silver lining. I love it. All right. Well, instead of gamesmanship of the labor market, let's go ahead and play some gamesmanship game. of the game. Some games, some games, some game it up, game it up. You know how it goes. Well, Neil, now that we're officially the Timber Bowls, it's time to play a uh-huh. game. There's too many Bulls puns. We've been leaning into bullies and Bulls puns lately, so I didn't give it a name. But this is a a quiz about Timberwolves players who used to play for the Bulls. All right, good. And where they stand in the Bulls record book. So I'm going to ask you a question. The majority of these are the answers going to be Taj Gibson, Derek Rose, or Jimmy Butler. You'll tell me which one you think holds these places in the all-time records of the Bulls. Great. No one leads. Michael Jordan, Sky Pippen. and all. He, yeah. Kurt Heinrich also. <laughs> He's got a surprising <laughs> number strangely of career enough. records. Yeah, yeah. Strangely enough. So uh, none of them are topping the list because you can't beat Jordan or Pippen. But all right. here's my question about their place in Bulls history. Which player, Neil, is 10th all-time in games played for the Chicago Bulls?
1: No multiple choice. Just guess one. Guess one well, of those three. Well, it's multiple
0: choice in the sense that it's three. One of those three. Tenth all time in
1: Chicago. Bulls. I can tell you how many games it was if you want. Uh, please. Five hundred sixty-two games. Oh, jeez. Um, Rose is injured too much. Butler even has some injuries. So I'll go. I'll go Taj Gibson on this one. No. Nope.
0: I pressed the wrong thing. <laughs> that was my fault. My finger. I got it right. My finger slipped. You got, got it right. right. All right, good. That okay, was one good. of the harder
1: ones, too. Okay. All right. All
0: right. Time to get into scoring, Neil. Who's 10th all-time in points,
1: total points for the tem- or for Chicago the, Bulls? Chicago Bulls. 10th all-time. all-time in points. Um, I think, uh, you know, when he was out there, he was really filling it up. So I'll go Derek Rose on this one. Derek Rose. Uh, two for two.
0: 8,001 points for the Dang. Bulls. Who is 8th all-time in field
1: goals made for the Chicago Bulls? 8th all-time field goals. I mean, Taj Gibson right around the hoop. Gotta go Taj. Gotta go Taj. Ties
0: in with the scoring. Rose is 10th in scoring. He's 8th all-time in field goals made.
1: I guess he was around the hoop,
0: too. He's also also 10th all-time in three-point field goals made, which is kind of surprising because we don't Uh, think of him as a three-point shooter. Yeah, he's not. Um... It's really fun to read these lists, by the way. we got, like, Tyson Chandler coming up. Ron Artest comes up in it. Omir Ashik has ben got some Gordon? stuff going. Some ben Gordon? Oh, yeah. It's a really fun nice. book to read. Nice. All right, Neil. My next question is, who is ninth all-time in free throws attempted? Wow. Or no, not attempted. Free throws made. Who's ninth all-time in free throws made for the Bulls? Um,
1: hmm. Uh, I think Butler probably has the best percentage. And he gets in the line a lot. Let me go Butler on this one. Yes. One thousand eight hundred and fifty-six free throws for the Bulls, ninth all time. Who is fifth all time in assists for the Chicago Bulls? Fifth all time in assists. Mm, Point guard Rose seems like the answer, but could be Butler. I'll stick with Rose. Let's go, Rose.
0: Yes, twenty-five hundred. Okay. Okay.
1: Seventh in steals. He's Seventh all time in steals. Dang. Just just what? Man, Rose. Good years. (laughs) Some good years there. Go on, Rose. No, oh sorry this is another question which one yeah. is this one steals yeah who is 7th all time oh. in steals
0: with hmm. 583
1: Taj or Butler let me go Butler let me get Butler
0: that's right <laughs> alright now we're getting into some of the bigger stats less individual categories who is 7th all time in PER player efficiency rating for the Chicago Bulls 7th uh, all time
1: let me get Gibson let me get Gibson
0: Ah, ah, That's a good guess. PR, PER does favor big men because yeah. it values rebounds so much. Jimmy is 7th with 19.3. Rose is 10th on that list with 18.3. Wow. The only list that they both shared, actually. Mm-hmm. All right, Neil. Michael Jordan is 7th in true shooting percentage wow. for the Chicago Bulls. The 580, 58% true shooting percentage. Bang. What? Who ranks eighth right behind Michael Jordan in true shooting percentage? It's
1: one of these three. Yep. Mmm. Uh, shooter. Let me go, Butler. Yes.
0: Butler. Usage. Michael Jordan has a plus 30% usage. That's how many plays that you are the target. with running. you. Yep. Yeah. Question is who is number two on that list with 28% usage rate? Jordan's
1: one, the 30. Yep. Butler. Let me go, Butler. Ah, that one's
0: Rose. Rose with the
1: 28%.
0: All right, let's just run through these real quick. I've got... Well, actually, no. Uh, Taj is fifth in blocks. You would have guessed that. Yeah. Taj is sixth in offensive rebounds. Um, Fifth in offensive rating, Neil. Wow. Fifth in offensive rating. Who is that? Oh, who is it? Uh, Rose. Yeah. It's Jimmy Buckets, 118 eighth in win shares. Who has the eighth most win shares in Chicago history? Uh, Butler. Your final question, Neil. The final one. Who is third in free throw percentage?
1: Third all-time Chicago Bulls Chicago Bulls free third throw. highest free
0: throw percentage in team history. Uh, man, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> actually fred hoiberg that was a trick question i set you up for failure there
1: Ugh, fred hoiberg there former timberwolf former wolf so it counts current it's all good head coach current, current Bulls British head hoiberg. coach amazing
0: all right so now you know those guys are all over the record i was hoping jamal crawford would come up or something oh, like that but yeah I
1: forgot. of course he's not he's not, course. In,
0: he's not in the top 10
1: of anything so it was drafted by the bulls is that right was this is his first team i think so yeah i think so too
0: but on the baby bulls with tyson and curry yeah. and curry yeah Eddie curry?
1: yeah all right, everybody. That that is the end of our show. Let us uh, shout some things out before you go. Don't turn off this show. Don't turn off this podcast. Let me do the first shout out Neil. All right, my first shout out goes
0: in honor of International Women's Day. The best team in Minnesota or Minnesota sports history, the Minnesota Lynx, Ooh. the dynasty. So good. Yeah, they made a big move. Don't forget this about week, them. Traded for a former All Star guard. Danielle Robinson. One of the best defensive guards in the league. True, true. She's going to be assisting them on their title defense this year and may be a bridge to replace Whalen if so. our beloved Lindsey Whalen is her final season. Neil is the Lynx reporter oh, yeah. for the Canis Hoopus. Lynx Dynasty is the Twitter handle. Go peep it. And uh he does a great job. He interviewed Cheryl Reeves uh, yep. this week yep. and uh, she had some great insights. So check that out not only because it's International Women's Day, because when it comes to uh, Minnesota sports... Number one, the George Washington on the Mount Rushmore is the Minnesota Lynx. They're tops. They're tops all so time good. right now. I'm so excited for that season. To start. Thanks
1: for the plug. I'll we'll give Scott a plug now. Reverse it. Uh Wolvescast Digest. Go peep it. Go check it out at Canis Hoopus. Yeah, we're posting multiple things per week now. We're 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 getting into a little bit of a lather here. We're doing good. Check out the we're digest. Taking it over, but It is a lot of the it's a it's a steps. it's a link roundup post of stuff you might not have seen from this week in uh, Timberwolves and Lynx basketball. You should definitely um, go check yeah. it out because
0: I got usurped it got posted this morning in the a1 (laughs) spot the big square wolves cast digest and like an hour later rose signed and all of a sudden i was bumped so i fell out of that a1 spot it happens i understand news but uh go ahead and click it just so i can feel good about myself
1: Uh uh-huh also make sure you go to darby's pub and grill for is it darby's pub and grill no Darby's, no, Darby's Pub, pub, pub and Grill, you go. got it right. It's for in, trivia on Tuesday night, 6 to 8 p.m., you guys. If you go to their Facebook page, they have a
0: link to the City Pages, oh. Best of the Twin Cities Award. They're in the top five for finalists Gotta vote. for Best Sports Bar. Vote. Can you vote? You can vote. Go to the Facebook page. It's the easiest way to find the link for Darby's Pub and Grill. While you're there, you can vote for such fun awards as Best Timberwolves Player, Best Lynx Player, Best nice. Minnesota Sports Team, Best Minnesota Sports Coach. Vote Lynx, Cheryl Reeves, Uh, Carl Anthony Towns I think I actually might have voted Jimmy Butler nice who would you vote vote for though for the best Lynx player Neil I was torn because on one hand Lindsay's my girl I love her and Simone (laughs) is just like a level unto herself Sylvia Fowles though was the MVP last season I feel like she doesn't get enough respect for that she's the the, she was the MVP and the finals MVP so (laughs) I was like she kind of deserves that respect but also, Maya is probably, like, if you're going to say who's the best player in the WNBA, Maya
1: is probably the most general answer. It's Maya or Sylvia. You know Sylvia. who I voted
0: for? Who? Rebecca Brunson. Brunson. She doesn't get enough rings, respect. Five rings. I love her. Five rings. That's uh, right.
1: Yes. Yeah, so make sure you go to Darby's Pub and Grill for trivia. Tuesday night, uh, your team name for an extra podcast point. you know the deal you listen to our show um, cool that will do it for Wolvescast hopefully the next week is more enjoyable more fun hopefully we get some wins or a win one win would be great uh, by the next time we talk to you that'd be cool if we somehow uh, beat the Warriors this weekend or, or the Boston Celtics uh, as you listen to this that'd be great but we'll be back with another show next week either way it'll be a good time really appreciate you guys
0: and before we go let's just leave you with the words of Kevin Love respect to Kevin Love for coming out talking about his mental health more shame on everyone who booed him come on Uh, he talked about his mental health this week which I respect as someone who goes through mental health stuff myself and his title for that article is one of my philosophies for living and that is everybody is going through something
1: Belitsa will be starting at that small forward. Belitsa. Belitsa picks up the loose ball. Belitsa. Rebound, Belitsa. Belitsa. Who was the Euroleague Player of the Year a couple years ago? Belitsa. Belitsa keeps it alive. Belitsa. Belitsa. The big man with the drive and coming up with two starting tonight for the Timberwolves.